Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. And uh, I've seen a lot of stuff, and I don't get as worked up as a lot of other people do, especially people who are paid to get worked up. I, I don't get that worked up about um, about stuff like um, like like when celebrities make make ridiculous remarks about Jews. It doesn't bother me. I don't care what a celebrity thinks about the Jewish people. I, I don't know if I'm wrong. I don't know if I'm I'm just crazy or I'm just jaded or I, I'm just used to being hated. But I really couldn't care less what a rapper, what a washed-out rapper had to say about Jews. It, it's irrelevant to me. But But the world has gone nuts because this guy made a statement on Twitter. It seems counterproductive to waste so much energy and so many resources countering a man whose relevancy is about as relevant, uh, whose relevancy should be as, uh, whose ideas relevancy. Let me let me rephrase that. Whose ideas relevancy should be as important as a pebble lying on the street. Who cares what an entertainer thinks about Jews? Who cares what an entertainer thinks about employ about about, about uh, politics? Who cares what an entertainer thinks about anything? Their job, they have one job, and that job is to entertain the world. That's their job. So as long as they're doing their job well, they should make whatever money they're making. And when they're not doing their jobs, well, I don't care what they do outside of outside of their job. Um, tell me, when you get on a bus, and there's a bus driver that drives the bus. And, and and this is just human nature, I guess. But if you get on a bus and the bus driver is driving the bus, do you care what the bus driver is doing outside of driving the bus? Do you care what the bus driver is doing after work? I, I, I personally don't. So I'm not going to go to the bus driver unless I'm, I'm friendly with the bus driver. I'm not going to ask the bus driver, hey, yo, what are you planning on doing 10 o'clock tonight? I, I couldn't care less. And I, I, I'm not going to ask the bus driver, what are your thoughts about the economic situation in Ghana? Because I couldn't care less. It, it's irrelevant to me. And, and this is the way we should treat celebrities and other morons who want to express opinions about, about Jews or about, uh, or about politics or about anything else. We should say, who cares? But we don't. And we don't for various reasons. There are, there are very specific reasons that we, we don't say who cares. And one of those reasons is that there are a plethora a, a ton of organizations that exist for the sole reason of being outraged. And these organizations don't let us forget when people say nasty things. So Kanye West, let's, let's talk about it because everybody else is talking about it. So let's talk about it. And and actually, I have a second story for you this show, which is a counter to this one, because we should care about the second one. So this one here we shouldn't care too much about. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it because it's kind of irrelevant. But the second one should be we should care a lot more about. We'll we'll get to the second one in a few minutes. So Kanye West came out and said that uh, that um, that he should go DeathCon five on the Jewish population, and he was having a fight with some Jewish producer, and and he came out with with a series of tweets that uh, that said that they should go DeathCon five on the Jews, whatever that means, and. Uh, and a couple of other insulting things. I mean, I, I didn't really pay much attention to what he said, so I couldn't care less. And the Jewish world went nuts. Oh, my gosh. Kanye West, the most famous rapper out there, has said bad things about the Jewish people. 
So what? Adidas, a company that's, that's, that has a history of supporting Nazism. That's, that's where Adidas and Puma broke off. They were brothers who, who, had, who, had, who had shoe company in Germany. They were German brothers. And the shoe company, uh, and one brother supported the Nazis, one brother didn't support the Nazis. So, uh, so the one that supported the Nazis went and formed Adidas, and the one who didn't support the Nazis went and formed Puma. So Puma worked against the Nazis while Adidas supplied the Nazis with shoes. So, so Adidas was sponsoring uh, or producing shoes for Kanye West, who made disparaging remarks against Jews. They canceled the contract. So now Kanye West isn't a billionaire anymore. So because Kanye West came out and said that Jews control the world and Jews control the economy, the Jewish community went and made sure that his shoe was canceled by the German company that was producing his shoe. So Kanye West lost a billion dollars. I'm just wondering, did we not prove his point? Was, was, was that really a smart thing for the world Jewish population to do? Get Kanye West canceled and show that Jewish influence controls the money in the world? The thing that he accused the Jews of doing to start with? The Jews just proved his point, and and if we're and if the Jewish community, if the Jewish population proved Kanye West's point, is there any reason to be upset with him? So, so this is what I'm struggling with on this Kanye West story. I'm I'm, I'm just not sure that uh, that it was handled properly on on any count, on any way, in in any direction. And plus, um, I I think I think the Jewish population definitely did not handle it properly. Um, you know this this outrage. This outrage machine that exists in the Jewish population, this victimhood machine, where Jews are always victims and never, uh, and could never come out on top. Jews are always the victim. This victimhood machine that was built over over the course of decades uh, really has to be worked on and stopped. Uh, we should be stronger than this. We should we should care more. We should uh, we we should we should be stronger than this. When when a guy comes out and says something disparaging against the Jews, we should say, "Who cares." Go stuff it. That's what we really should tell this guy. And then just move on. The more we harp on it, the more we pay attention to it, the more we cry about it, the more words that we write about it, the more importance we put to it, the more we depict ourselves as victims. And the Jewish community should never be victims. We're not, we're not victimized people. We've been victimized but right now we're not victimized people and we should never put ourselves in a position where we feel victimized. Somebody who feels confident in who they are, somebody who's comfortable in their skin, if they get insulted to their face, they tell the insulter to go to heck. That's what they do. That's what really should have happened in this Kanye West thing. So after Adidas canceled his, uh, his, his contract with him for his uh, sneakers or whatever he produces with them, he went on a podcast just yesterday, and he uh, and, and he made the statement, and uh, and and just just kind of fits into the whole thing. He he made the statement where he said that he's jealous of the Jewish population. He's jealous of the way they of the fact they don't abort babies. He's jealous of the fact that uh, that that they run businesses and that they have good families and the fathers stay with their families. And he's jealous of the fact that uh, that they have faith in God. And I'm thinking, I'm listening to this man speak, and I've never listened to this man speak before in my life. In fact, I've heard of him, but I really 
had no interest at all in anything he's ever done. Uh, I still have no interest even in this. But he said, but I listened to him on this podcast, and I realized, um, I realized that this man probably has some kind of a, some kind of, uh, of a very unfortunate um, illness, some kind of mental illness. Just the way he was speaking, it sounded like that there was some kind of mental illness there. So, so if we're talking about a man with mental illness making comments against the Jewish community, do we really have to take it seriously? Do we really have to be upset about it? I really don't think so. I'm, I'm really, I'm really at the at the point in my life where I just don't care about this stuff. Now, if he was advocating killing the Jews, or if he was advocating doing something uh, crazy about the Jews, well, maybe. Uh, I saw a couple of uh, Instagram posts where uh, people were saying, you know, there's 15 million Jews and he has 30 million followers. So what? So what? Do you think that 30 million people don't see that this is a ranting moron? I'm pretty sure they do. Uh, another one said, uh, hey, listen, uh, you know, don't say we have to ignore him. If you say we have to ignore him, you're not standing up for your Jewish brethren. Yeah, sure. Posting an Instagram post is really changing the world. Uh, it, it, we, we live in such a, a sad, pathetic world. I'm telling you, it is, it is unbelievable. Uh, years ago, I used to believe that you know, we had to respond to everything, that everything was, was serious. And then I realized that you know, a lot of the time that our institutions and our organizations spend responding to, to idiocy is just a waste of time and money. Five men went onto a bridge and held up a sign that said Kanye West was right and did the Nazi salute. Five men out of 350 million people living in America, five men went onto a bridge, and that picture has been plastered everywhere as a representation of the results of Kanye West making these statements. 350 million people living in the United States, probably more than that. Five men went onto a bridge, and that was the manifestation. If that's the result of, of a washed-out rapper making a statement against the Jews, I'm not overly worried. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie. This is the uh, political hitman right here on Israel News Talk Radio. You could call in the number to call 301-768-4841 in North America. In Israel, 0265-00151. Those numbers are available on the top of the page at israelnewstalkradio.com where you could find news and a whole lot more right there on israelnewstalkradio.com. There's a whole lot of great programming on Israel News Talk Radio. Check them out. Israelnewstalkradio.com. When we come back from the break, I have a uh, I have another story I want to tell you, and, and and this story we have to be worried about. Kanye West, not so much. This one, a little more. I'm Harry Silver, this is Political Hitman on Israel News Talk Radio. I'm Howie Silberger, your political hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. Feel free to join me in conversation. You could call in. We are live. The number to call 301-768-4841 in North America and in Israel. The number is 0265-00151. So I opened the story with the lighter. I opened the show with a lighter story about uh, Kanye West. Uh, I know, I know, a lot of people aren't going to agree with my opinion on that—that that we really should ignore Kanye West. Uh, uh, 
it's kind of like sending smoke signals and saying, okay, look, it's okay to attack Jews. And, and if Kanye West was actually advocating attacking Jews, I would have a much stronger stance on this. But uh, he, he said DEFCON 5, whatever that means. I mean, it was just ridiculous. I mean, the whole thing's ridiculous. The whole Kanye West story is ridiculous. The whole Kardashian story is ridiculous. I mean, the whole thing is stupid. And, and so, so spending so much time thinking about stupidity, uh, I guess we live in a world where, um, where these people are important for whatever reason. But uh, uh, to me, their importance is pretty negligible. I really don't care about them. But what I do care about is the uh, education of our children. And this is very important to me. And the education of children in general is very important to me. And, uh, and I find that when, when educators and people who work in education or, or volunteer or work for school boards um, are, are crazy, radical racists uh, and anti-Jewites, uh, I, have, I have major problems with that. And we start to see that a lot uh, across North America. You have Kanye West, uh, rappers who are who are calling for uh, DEFCON 5 on the Jewish population. You have random attacks of Jews on the streets of New York. You have uh, you have attacks on Jews in, in other cities in, in, in North America. You have people on in Congress and in, in the United States government who uh, who are calling for the destruction of the state of Israel and supporting the the murderers of Jews and inviting them to the inviting them to the Congress building for for um, for meetings, murderers uh, and, and terrorists and people who, who had vowed to, to annihilate the Jewish people, people who are calling for genocide of the Jews, uh, are being invited to, uh, to Congress, to the houses of, of representation. The, the, the elected officials are inviting these people. This is stuff we should be all be scared of. Uh, we should be scared for North American Jews. The, the time for Jews in North America has come to an end. Uh, it is time for Jews in North America to wake up and leave. Uh, Jabotinsky ran around Europe in the 1930s, screaming that Europe is on fire and that and that the uh, and that the Jews must uh, find a way to get out and the Jews, you know, that there's there's a coming Holocaust. And everybody laughed at him, and everybody ignored him. It's not time to ignore it. We, we in our recent history we saw where the rise of anti-Jewism and and the and the incoming of fascism in governments. We're starting to see more and more fascism enter the governments of. Uh, uh, the the free market societies of of the capitalistic societies we're starting to see we're starting to see them fall and democracy is starting to fall we're starting to see the rise of dictatorships and as we see this we have to understand that that the time uh, the time for Jews to to be comfortable has, has ended and the biggest issue that Jews have had in the diaspora over the course of centuries is that they got too comfortable in the countries that they were stuck in. And when I say stuck in, is that you know, because we were dispersed, and because uh, because we had nowhere to go, we were kind of stuck in the countries that we're in. But but today we're not in that position. Today the position the the the, the dynamic has changed with the with the creation of the state of Israel. The dynamic has changed. Now Jews aren't stuck in the countries that they're that they that they're that they're in right now. Jews have the option to leave the countries they're in and emigrate to Israel. The Aliyah process is, is a little burdensome, but it, it's doable. And and thousands, hundreds of thousands of people move to Israel on a yearly basis. But now the time the time is ripe right now for North American Jews to get out before it gets too bad. 
Now, I'm going to tell you this next story. I want to share this next story with you because I feel that, that, that we have to know what's going on. And this is a good indicator uh, of what is to come and what is coming and what is currently happening in our education system. So a school board candidate in America has, uh, has drawn criticism. Now, he's drawn criticism, not outrage, not, not condemnation, criticism for insisting that not all Nazis were bad and that teaching that they were would represent indoctrination. So, so this, guy, this guy, Matt Kiefer, he's running for a school board in the ironically named Zionsville, Indiana. He made the comment in response to a Facebook user who pressed him for specifics about his platform, which starts with the statement, empower teachers to educate, not indoctrinate. So the user asked, would teaching students that all Nazis are bad cross the line? Kiefer said it would. All Nazis weren't bad, as you specify. They did horrible things. They were in a group frenzy, he wrote. Who is to say that if we were both in the same place and time, that we wouldn't have done the same thing? So, Mr. Kiefer is entitled to his position that not all Nazis were bad. And, you know, a lot of people were forced into the Nazi party. And, 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 and there were people who were in the Nazi party who helped save Jews. Uh, so, so I can't say, we can't make a blanket statement that said that all Nazis are bad. That the Nazis that chose to murder Jews, the Nazis that chose to, uh, to take part in, the, in what, what Hitler called the final solution, those were pretty bad. But, uh, but the Nazis that were forced into the party and that were, um, the, the Germans that were forced into the party, the Polish people or the, uh, or the Hungarian people who were forced into the party but who worked hard to fight against the party or to, uh, or to destroy Nazism, uh, they, weren't, they probably weren't, you couldn't consider them bad. But that's not what Kiefer's talking about. The, the scary part about this statement, uh, about, about Kiefer, about this man who's running for the school board in Zionsville, says that all Naz- not only were all Nazis not bad, but if we were in if we were in the same place at the time, same time, could you say that we both wouldn't have done the same thing? Which means that he believes that if a fascist ruler comes up and says it's time to kill uh, your neighbors and friends because of their race, color, creed, sex, then we should do it because it's group frenzy. So. I can't help be held responsible for it. That's what he's saying. Now, people got really scared and really, really outraged by this. And they said, um, and, and they called him out on it. And he doubled down on Thursday. And he, uh, he, he, um, he wrote a comment on Facebook. And I want to share that comment with you because it's important to hear that now people were upset about what he said. And people told him that they were, they, they were upset by what he said. He's running for uh, for the student for the uh, for the um, school board, as as a counselor of the school board. So he wrote to the constituents of Zionsville Community Schools. A few days ago, I made the comment that not all Nazis were bad in my response to a question posted to me on Facebook. I am correct, he wrote. If you don't believe me, simply research any of the following: Oscar Schindler, Karl Plagge, or George Kalman. Also, there is a tremendous book on a subject called Ordinary Men, Reserve Police Battalion 101, and The Final Solution in Poland, 1990, which was published in 1992. These four sources do a much better job of articulating some uh, 
might say proving my point. What some followers of my conversation understood, uh, some of the nuance in my points immediately, others chose to try and tear me down. To be clear, I never was, uh, I'm not now, and never will be a Nazi sympathizer. In any group that gets labeled, there are always types of people that are in that group. Pick a group in the world today, and it will not have a homenage throughout. There are too many examples to run through, so I'll cite just a few to make my point. The genocide of the younger Muslims in China. Is every single member of the Chinese Communist Party bad? Keep in mind, there are almost 97 million. Is every employee or customer of Nike, Amazon, Nike, Amazon Costco, Walmart, or any dozens of other companies that utilize the Uyghur labor bad? This is a number a lot higher than 97 million. In a word, no. Think about what you see and hear online in the news. Democrat versus Republican. Blue state versus red state. Pro-life versus pro-choice. Pro-gun for, uh, gun control pro versus pro-Second Amendment. The binary of good versus evil is thrown out at us everywhere. Evaluating human beings this way is wrong. Individuals are simply categories into right and wrong, good and evil, reducing ones to one-dimensional one caricatures and painting them as evil or less than evil is wrong. So, and then he continues that, you know, we have to uh, vote for him uh, in the Zionsville uh, Community School Board. But he didn't address, you see, in his response here, he addressed the not all Nazis are bad comment, which which I don't necessarily disagree with. But he didn't address his point where he said that if he was in the same situation, he would probably do the same thing. That is the scary point of the whole thing. Not that all Nazis that all, not that all Nazis were, were were bad. That that's not the scary point of the of the of this conversation. The scariest part of this whole thing is this man said, if a genocidal maniac came along. And told him that she has to join a party that's going to go and kill his friends and neighbors. He's willing to do that. He's he 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 would probably do that. That's the scary part of it. I don't think the man's a Nazi sympathizer. I don't even know if he's a Jew hater. I couldn't care less. But I do know that he has uh, that he has uh, an idea that that if if the government tells him to kill people, that he doesn't think that he would stand in the way. And any decent person, any decent person at all, any normal person would say, I would never, ever participate in that activity. I'd rather lose my life than participate in an activity that's going to kill my friends and neighbors and commit a genocide against other people. But that's not what this man said. And this man is running for a school board and will influence the education of children. And that is the scariest part of this story. I'm Howie Silberger, this is Political Hitman, here on Israel News Talk Radio. Political Hitman. I'm Howie Silberger, your political hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. Feel free to join in on the conversation. You could call in in North America. The number is 301-768-4841. In Israel, the number is 0265-00151. Those numbers are available on the top of the page at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. So the, the, this gentleman 
and I use that term very loosely. Uh, the gentleman Matt Kiefer, who is running for uh, he's running he's running for uh, a school board seat in Zionsville, Indiana, in the United States of America, uh, said that you know not all Nazis were bad, and and once again I I don't care too much about that that statement, but he also said, uh, but he also said that if who is to say that if we're both in the same place and same time, that we wouldn't have done the same thing. And that statement there, I, I can't get that statement out of my head, because that statement there is the scariest thing I've ever heard somebody involved in education say. And I met Malcolm Ross, who was, uh, who was teaching Holocaust denial in his classroom. And, and meeting a guy who was teaching it and listening to him uh, in a conference, listening to this man telling me and, and two other people who were there, uh, justifying his... Um, his anti-Holocaust, his, his Holocaust denial, and teaching grade 7 and grade 8 kids Holocaust denial uh, was more normal to me than a man running for school board in Zionsville, Indiana, who says that if he was there and, and, and in the same time and place, that he, wouldn't have done, that he would have done the same thing as the Nazis did. That is scary to me. And, and this is what's running our schools. This is what's running our school boards. Now, you could say this is an isolated incident, and you probably could probably almost get away with saying this is an isolated incident because these incidents aren't usually publicized. So you could probably say, I don't know of anybody else in the school board that's, uh, that's anti-Zionist, uh, that's anti-Jewish. But, but there are plenty of school boards who don't teach uh, about Israel's existence. In fact, there are school boards in the United States and some in Canada, so in North America, there are school boards in the United States and Canada that remove Israel from maps, that put up flags and multicultural days or multi multi uh, multi multi country days where they celebrate diversity or whatever whatever they want to call it, and don't include Israel. They'll put up the fake Palestinian flag, the flag that was stolen from Jordan, but they won't put up they won't put up uh, an Israeli flag. There are there are times where Jews are, are, are told in, 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 in schools that they can't wear anything identifiable as Jewish. I mean, there's a law that was passed in Canada, in, in, in Quebec, in Canada, province of Canada, which doesn't allow Jewish teachers to wear, to wear, to wear kippahs. They're just not allowed to do it. It's against the law. Jewish teachers, Jewish judges, Jewish lawyers, anybody who holds a position of authority is not allowed to wear a religious symbol. This is official law, governmental law passed by a parliament. And not opposed, by the way, by, by, by the country law. So a provincial law was passed. The country had a right to oppose it. The federal government in the country had a right to oppose it. Like in any other parliamentary system, the uh, parliament has the right to override the laws of the of the provinces, and to disallow laws that they feel are um, are, are a violation of human rights or a violation of uh, civil rights. And and the country of Canada chose not to do that. So there is a whole segment of the population of Muslims, of Jews, of Sikhs, who can't wear headdresses uh, when or any religious symbols when going to work. As teachers, or as lawyers, or as uh, or, or as judges, or as police officers, 
And this is what's happening in North America. So having a man run for a school board and say that if he was, uh, if he was uh, in the position, if he was there and, uh, and the Nazis were coming to power and they, they were saying go and kill people, that you know, he probably would have done the same thing. It's not a huge surprise. It's 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 shocking. It's it's repulsive. It should be condemned to the highest standard. This man should be should be thrown out of the candidacy. They they shouldn't even let him run. But at the end of the day, this is this is an attitude that exists within within a certain segment of the of the American population, and that segment is getting stronger and stronger and getting more and more powerful positions. And the more powerful positions these people get, the more this philosophy will continue to 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 wave through the populations. So, so is this connected somehow to uh, to the Kanye West story that we spoke about before? This 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 irrelevant rapper who made some derogatory statements about Jews. Well, well it all adds to it, doesn't it? So when you think about it. If the entertainment industry, if the famous people in the entertainment industry are calling for the death of Jews, we've got to go death con four on Jews, calling for the destruction of Jewish people, the nuclear destruction of Jewish people, because that's what death con four is. It's a nuclear war. So if, if they're calling for a nuclear war on Jewish people, and these are famous rappers who have 35, 45 million followers on social media, and you have school board officials saying that, hey, if, you know, if a fascist leader comes and says I have to kill people... I'll do it, and and then you have um, and then you have you have schools that are banning, literally banning the diary of Anne Frank because the information in the diary of Anne Frank is too graphic for they feel it's too graphic for students, so you can't even use uh, the actual recounting of what was happening to a girl who was who was stuck in the middle of. Uh, of a Nazi-occupied land. You can't use that in the classroom anymore. And banning Mouse by Art Spiegelman, which, which was a cartoon, it was a graphic novel that was, that was written to depict uh, how the Nazis took over and, and, and life in the concentration camp. If you can't show those things in a, in, a, in a classroom anymore and you can't have them in school libraries anymore and, and you're not educating the public about the Holocaust anymore, I mean, it's only eighty years later, less than a little less than eighty years later. So, if you if you got rid of the Holocaust education and you're promoting you're promoting genocide of the Jewish people through through um, through your entertainment people, then one has to come to the immediate conclusion, and and then there's no other way to come to there's no other conclusion to come to that there is an imminent danger to the Jewish people in North America. One has to come to the conclusion that that Jews are in, in extreme danger. And if we don't see the signs, if you don't notice the signs and you don't look out for them and you don't and, and you don't learn from history, and you don't see the signs that that it's time that, that that's time to either bunker down or it's time to get to get out, then then you're then you're walking around with will for blindness. It reminds me of uh, of a story that a Holocaust survivor told. Uh, when I worked, I worked for the um, for the Shoah Foundation. Rick, when they opened, so Steven Spielberg's Shoah Foundation. Right after Schindler's List came out, he opened the Shoah Foundation, and the idea of the foundation was to go and record Holocaust survivors 
and record their stories. And I worked for the foundation as a cameraman for, for, for years. I went, I must have recorded, uh, I must have filmed maybe a thousand Holocaust stories uh, for the foundation. And um, when, I, um, when I went to um, one, person's, one person's home, the man told me that, you know, that he was, he was living in a small town in Poland. And the Nazis came and they occupied Poland. It was the first country they occupied when they started attacking Europe. And they occupied Poland. And he said that the people in his town, he was a young boy at the time, but the people in his town knew that when the Polish, when the, uh, when the German army got to the town, that they were going to kill everybody in the town. Everybody knew that, the, that their days were numbered if they, st- if they stuck around. That, uh, that the sign was on the wall and there was, there was no way that they were going to survive or at least be unharmed or uninjured. Their life, as they knew it, was over. And, and, and they knew it. And he said he was 11 years old when, uh, when, when the Germans took over the, um, took over the country. And he said to his parents, what are we going to do? He said he went to school and the German and the Polish kids in the school, this was even before the Germans got to his town, the Polish kids in the school were already yelling and screaming at him and spitting on him. So he said when he got home, he asked his parents, he says, they were all spitting on me. My best friend, who was a Polish boy, kicked me and spat on me in school today. I don't want to go back to school tomorrow. And they told me, he says, the kids were telling him in school that when the Germans get to their town, their fathers are going to come and kill his father. This is what he was told in the schoolyard. This was schoolyard chatter. So, so the, the, the hatred was already there. It was just being activated by the, by, the, by, by the Nazis that were coming in. So the kid said to his father, when are we leaving? What are we doing? We can't stay here. They're going to kill us. And the father looked at him and said to him, son, don't worry. It's not going to be so bad. So, you know, the kids talk and kids exaggerate. It's not going to be so bad. You know what's going to happen? He says, they're going to come in here to give us a hard time. Maybe they'll wreck my business. Maybe they'll, they'll rough us up a little bit. But then, you know, life will go on. Maybe a little different. Maybe we'll be under a little bit of restrictions. But life will go on. So don't worry about it, son. Everything will be great. Now, maybe it was a father trying to comfort his 11-year-old son. Maybe it was a guy who was delusional. Maybe it was a guy who was just too comfortable in his shoes and too comfortable in the place that he lived in in the diaspora to realize that when the Nazis got there, the kid was telling the truth in the schoolyard that the kid's father was going to come and kill him. Maybe... Maybe you just couldn't believe it because human nature doesn't allow us to believe there's evil out there. We, we like to see the good in everybody. We, we, we always like to look and see the good. And we always like to think that, that at the end of the day, no matter what's happening, at the end of the day, e- good will, will always win over evil. Light will always beat darkness. We, we always tend to do that because Jews are very optimistic people we always look at lightness over darkness. And we always say this is going to happen and it's going to be bad, but it's going to get better. And sometimes it does, but in our history, most of the time it doesn't. And we end up, we end up in the ovens of Auschwitz. That's how bad it gets. And that's how bad it could get. And Auschwitz wasn't the first time we ended up uh, on, on the bad end of the, of, the, of the dice. So now, with all this hindsight and all this history that we know, 
when we see the signs of what's going on. And we understand that if people who are running for school board positions, the people who are sitting on school boards, say that they have no problem committing a genocide, like if they're, if they're in that situation, you know, who knows what they would do. And popular entertainers that have millions and millions and millions of followers are calling for the genocide of Jews, even though he says that's not really what he was calling for. And uh, anyway, I, you know, that's It's ridiculous. Let's say that. Let's take it seriously, like like our paid for outrage organizations do. Let's let's take them seriously. So if we take that seriously, and we look at the random attacks on Jews in New York City, that have been happening all continuously for years already, and we look at the synagogue shootings that have happened in the last few years, and we look at Congress and the three or four Congress people who, uh, who are calling for the destruction and the annihilation of the Jewish people and who are welcoming terrorists into Congress and who get reelected by their populations over and over again. I don't know what's scarier, them calling for the destruction of Jewish people, them, them calling for the genocide of Jewish people, or the fact that they keep getting reelected. When we look at provinces in Canada that are passing draconian laws that are stopping people from from wearing religious garb, and uh, and and telling people that uh, that they can't they can't walk around and and express their their religious beliefs or, or or walk around and show their religious beliefs. What's next? What's next? What do we expect next? It is absolutely it is absolutely scary. It's it's so scary to think about it. To think that, uh, that that there's so many Jews living in North America that aren't taking advantage of the fact that there is an the escape plan. Now, I know a lot of people. You know, you know, Israel, the state of Israel, is a two-edged sword when it comes to when it comes to Jews in North America. And the reason I say that is not because not for political reasons at all. Once again, people living in North America take Israel for granted. Israel's there, and it will always be there, and you know the Israelis uh, will always come to save us. So even if the borders get closed and they start destroying the Jewish population, they start killing the Jews, Israel will come to save us. But why do you have to wait to be saved? Reminds me of the old joke uh, of a man who whose boat sinks, and he's and he's standing in the, uh, he's swimming in the water. He's 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 dog paddling in the water, and he finally grabs onto a, a life jacket. A life jacket, and he's just kind of floating there. And then another boat comes by, and he says, "Hey, get on the boat. I'll help you." And he says, "No, no, God will help me." And then and then the uh, then a plane comes by, and you know a helicopter comes by, and wants to pick him up, and he says, "No, God will help me." And a couple of other things come by and tell him, "Hey, look, you know, get on." And he says, "No, God will help me." And then he ends up drowning, and he and he goes up to uh, he goes up to heaven, and he says to God, God, I had so much faith in you. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I knew God would come and help me. Why didn't you come and help me? And why am I here? I ended up dying. And God looked at him and said, what are you talking about? I sent you a boat. I sent you a plane. I sent you a helicopter. It just kind of feels that way now. God is sending the message that the Jews are no longer welcome in North America. The message is clear. It can't be clearer. Yet, 
The Jews choose to ignore the message. The Jewish population chooses to ignore the message for materialism, maybe? Comfort, standard of living? I'm not sure why. Maybe you could enlighten me. You could you give me a call if you want. 301-768-4841 in North America. In Israel, 0265-00151. It just seems to me that now is the time before things get really bad in North America for, for Jews in North America to, to finally decide to leave. Now, I know, I know there are a lot of Jews who will tell me that, you know, I'm afraid of terrorism in Israel. But, but the, the argument that I'm afraid of terrorism in Israel, when you have people calling for the genocide of Jews in North America, and you have school board officials saying that they would commit a genocide if they, if, if they were in that position, why wouldn't they do it? So to say that you're afraid of terrorism in one country, but you're willing to accept genocidal notions in another country? That seems a little insane to me. I'm sorry, that seems a little crazy. Now, if you want information on moving to Israel, you could get it very easily. Just go to Nefesh Benefesh's website. That's nbn.org.il. The, the, all, the, all the information you need is there. They, they will give you all the information you need on what you need to do, what the criteria is to move to Israel. But I think, I think en masse, Jews in North America should move. It's time to leave. And why would we want to wait for Israel to come and rescue us when we can still get out voluntarily? You know, you're always in a worse position when you have to wait for someone to come rescue you than when you have the free will to do it yourself. And it's, it's amazing to me. It's shocking to me that so many people will choose to be rescued over taking the initiative themselves. Is it hard to let go? Of course it is. This is what it, this is what it is when you're living in the diaspora. We're dispersed for a reason, and the dispersion, the assimilation factor in the dispersion, uh, is great. We're all assimilated to a certain extent. Even the religious people are assimilated to a certain extent, and the assimilation is uh, it takes a hold on you, and it holds on to you and doesn't let you let go. You're comfortable. You're making a living. You're you're making money. You're living in a nice house. You have a swimming pool. You have a beautiful car. It's all material stuff. It doesn't mean anything. If you had a chance, if if war broke out tomorrow, or genocide started tomorrow, and people were coming to kill you, you would abandon all that stuff in a second to save your life. Yet now, when you see the the warning signs, and you could avoid being in a situation where people are actually coming to kill you and steal your stuff. You're ignoring that situation. You're ignoring it because you want to hold on to your materialistic, your materialistic possessions. Then you know what you're doing. It is a crazy game of Russian roulette. How many times could I pull the trigger and will the chamber be empty? So that one time when you pull the trigger and the chamber's not empty, then you're dead. And that is where North American Jewelry is heading. Now, don't listen to the organizations that uh, that are paid to, uh, to, to, to beg you to stay. 
Don't listen to the organizations that are paid to, to, to get you all scared so you could trust them to protect you. They're not going to protect you. What they're going to do is spend tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars to build fortresses out of your synagogues, to, uh, to build fortresses out of your Jewish organizations, you you know when the, when it, when it gets really bad right now right now they you know right now they're building fortresses they have guards in front of all Jewish buildings most Jewish buildings have metal detectors you have um you have the uh, the the boulders and the flower pots in front of buildings so cars can't ram into you isn't this a sign you can't live freely do you see any churches with this stuff I don't see any churches with flower pots and uh, and boulders in front of them, so cars don't run into churches or mosques with that. Why, why, why do Jews have to live like this? Uh, bulletproof windows and uh, an armored car. Why, why are we doing this to ourselves? It just seems to me that we are gluttons for punishment. That we see the signs. But we refuse to accept them. We refuse to notice them. We refuse to acknowledge them. And I'm afraid that North American Jews are going to suffer the consequences of their inaction. And at the end of the day, when that happens, and it's bound to happen, the ones who survive are going to blame it on the organizations and not on themselves. No one's going to take responsibility for their decisions. Oh, the federations, the United Jewish Appeals didn't warn me. Heed my call. That's what uh, Jabotinsky said, and I'll, I'll just repeat it. Heed my call. We'll look at the warning signs. Understand that the fire is coming, and the North America will be burning. It's scary to hear it. I know. I know it's terrible. It is absolutely a terrible thing to say. It's horrific. I hate talking like this. But it's the truth. And and we've got to recognize the truth. And I try to tell you the truth on this show all the time. It's what I try to do. So, I mean, this is my humble opinion. You could disagree with me, and that's fine. You can do that. But if you really, if you really look around and you see that you must, you must take care of this, and you must, you must start immediately. Go to the Nefesh by Nefesh website, nbn.org.il. Start filling out the forms. Get the paperwork done. Get the information they need. And get out while you still can. I invite you to also visit uh, IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. It's a great website, too. Please make sure you visit IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. I want to thank you all for listening. I'm Howie Silberger. This is Political Hitman. I'll see you again next week right here on Israel News Talk Radio. Thanks for joining me. Have a great week. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us. 
by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dax, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dax from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 